Welcome to episode 18 of Podcast Payoffs. My name is Gord Vickman, and I'm here with my partner, Dan Sullivan, founder of Strategic Coach. And this is another episode that we're going to be sharing a little bit, launching off what we did in the previous episode. And we were talking about capabilities, and the capabilities are available to you right now globally as we're all forced into our own unique virtual worlds. I would think it's never been easier to find the who's to do the how's that you're not quite interested in doing or just don't feel like doing. Dan, first of all, welcome. Thank you, Gord. And the biggest shift for me is the number of people who've adapted virtual conferencing. My feeling is there's going to be a huge bump in productivity numbers in the year since the shutdown. It's been sitting there waiting for people to adapt it. This has not been developed since March. You know, you knew Zoom, I knew Zoom. And my biggest frustration is that I I really love Zoom. I really know how to use Zoom, but there was nobody at the other end. (laughs) (laughs) No, people would phone, I want to do an interview with Dan or I want to have a meeting with Dan. And I said, yeah, well, we'll do it on Zoom. And they said, we don't know how to use Zoom. And I said, so there's a skill that you have to develop if you want to have a meeting with me, you got to get used to Zoom. And they'd say, no, no, it's just for 15, we can do it on phone. I said, we will not do it on the phone. We will do it on Zoom. If it's important enough for you, you will acquire the Zoom technology and you will get used to it. And when you feel comfortable using it, then we'll set up a meeting. (laughs) Yeah, it's a new capability. And then they'll carry that with them their whole life, or at least as long as they want to. But people have been forced to change and some people are reluctant to change, but it's been thrust upon us. And you identified four entrepreneurial qualities are key to change and not only just kind of slogging through it, but, you know, embracing it. So I thought for this episode, we could just unpack those four and then I can give some real world examples of some things that are happening right now that might save you as an entrepreneur, some time, some effort, some energy. These are software packages or just capabilities. And we did an episode kind of similar to this a few months ago. We got really great feedback on it. We ended up saving some people some time. So I thought we could do it again. So the first one, Dan, we'll let you just go through it and get your thought processes on these. And then I can hop in with the examples. You have the ability to be extremely alert to recognize change. So you're saying some people don't even know that it's happening. Yeah, I think entrepreneurs are kind of at the cutting edge of people who respond well to change. As a matter of fact, I think probably it was the adapting to change that actually makes someone entrepreneurial. And what I mean is you don't fear it. You realize that if you develop a capability to use change, that's an advantage over people who are still doing the same thing, trying to hold on to the same thing. So because there's There's new dangers, there's new opportunities, new capabilities out there. And that if you're okay with change, as a matter of fact, that you're comfortable with change and you develop a lifetime of abilities just to your liking of change, then you're always going to be okay, regardless of how things change. Mm -hmm. There's a piece of software that's available right now. It was in beta earlier on, but I think they're kind of getting down to business here. It's called Descript. And Descript recognized an opportunity. And they said, there's so many people podcasting right now and doing spoken word presentations and whatnot. They don't know how to edit audio and they don't want to spend the money to get someone to do that. So Descript is a piece of software, SaaS, and it allows you to edit audio by editing text. And I played around with it a little bit and I've seen demonstrations and it's pretty wild. So you can picture 
let's say a Microsoft Word document at the top of your screen, and then you have your waveform, your MP3 on the bottom, by editing words on a screen, everyone knows how to edit a Word document. If there's a word you don't want, you take it out, simply delete it, and then it will use AI to go and make that change in the audio software itself. And I suppose if you're an audio editor, it could make you a little bit nervous, but I think it's really exciting because it would open up the possibility of being able to edit audio for anyone who knows how to edit a Word document. And they're getting more sophisticated. They're getting smarter as time goes on and as the machines learn what is capable and what is not. I don't know if they're quite there yet to the point where you can you know, tell your editor to go take a hike, but just seeing what's going to be coming in the years ahead, I think is really exciting. Mm-hmm. And another one was speech which we've talked about on the show before. It's an AI-driven voiceover tool. So it's a human voiceover for a, a script that you provide the software, and it will read it in a human voice. So you don't have to hire a voiceover professional. And they have accents. They have different languages. You can do it in English, French. I think they have Portuguese, Spanish, Mandarin, Chinese. Again, and it's getting smarter and smarter. I don't know if it's quite there yet. The demos that I've seen, there's a few instances where I'm kind of like, a little bit of work needed there. Again, so these companies recognize that people need these things and they don't have these things. So how can we develop something that satisfies that? And in both cases, you don't have to develop the skills as a a video editor or a a voiceover. I mean, we come from a world where if you wanted to achieve something, you had to master all the hows to get the result. But now you, you don't. And you introduce a very interesting thing that anything that is created by teamwork, in other words, you can't accomplish the goal, but by adding individuals to your team, these are other people who are very, very skilled, you can accomplish the goal. Your goal achievement skills jump by 10 times just by having other people's skills. But there are certain things which are done over and over and over and over and over again with teamwork, and they've kind of got it down to the simplest form of how you get from here to there. And that can be automated into technology. So whenever you see a technology that really works, it actually started off as a human team that just mastered all the steps. And then after a certain point, they say, you know, this is predictable. If we just do these steps, it's predictable. And now we can put it into technology form and you can buy the technology. And it's like buying a team. Peter Thiel in his book, Zero to One, talked about the undifferentiated commodity. And speaking from experience, I've done quite a few voiceovers. In my radio career, I did hundreds of radio commercials. I've done national stuff and television. There are these pay-to-play websites where you go on and you submit your demo, I suppose. And then you are permitted, based on the fee that you're paying to these websites, to audition for voiceover jobs that they have. So what happened was, and some of these websites, they boast 1 million active users. So you're in a field of 1 million people. Mm -hmm. And let's be realistic here. There's a lot of guys with deep voices. There's a lot of women with pleasant voices. So what they've done essentially is they've turned this voiceover game into an undifferentiated commodity. And the only thing people are competing on now is price. I'll give you an example. I did a commercial probably 12 years ago for a national burger chain up here. And for 30 seconds of voiceover, I got about $1,400 and I got an email or a message over LinkedIn from an old colleague. And she said, I thought of you the other day. I said, why? She said, well, I got an offer from a burger chain down in the States. They wanted a 30 second radio commercial nationally. She said, you remember that one we did? Cause she was the female voice and I was the male and she got 1400 too. 
She said, do you know what the going rate is now? And I said, I don't know. I'm thinking inflation, like 1600. She goes, 70 bucks. Yeah. They offered me 70 bucks for this. That's how far it's fallen because of the fact that everyone's just competing on price right now. Yeah. So it's just going down, down, down. And now with this, you know, new AI driven speech alone, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. So differentiation is the key if you want to survive in the voiceover game. But I tell you, there's an interesting even progression that Peter Diamandis showed at the last Abundance 360. That was in January of this year, where Peter has a voice. In other words, you do all sorts of sound tests and you use your voice and you read things. And then it captures your voice. So it's not just a good sounding voice. It's actually your voice. So then if you have copy, you can just put your voice to the copy. And I was sitting there and I was listening to it. It was slightly off. You know, there were certain things. But you would recognize it as Peter. And so my feeling is that probably within the foreseeable future, that probably there's a software that you'll get because that's something that I do, but you'll get it. And you say, Dan, I just want you to go in here and just read this and let's just talk. And then we're going to create the program where this is Dan's voice. You won't have to be here to do that. And I can certainly see that happening. Yeah, there's a concept of the uncanny valley when they're talking about movies and animation. When there's an animated CGI created human being they don't want to make it too lifelike because the concept of uncanny valley it creeps people out oh yeah. yeah and i think it would probably apply to voiceovers as well where those ai driven voiceovers they're pretty good and i was talking to willard bond our audio engineer and i said there's something still kind of off about this and we were oh, yeah. talking about maybe well not only that but humans i mean the first two skills that humans pick up after they're born is faces and voice and it's absolutely crucial for humans to know good from bad, safe from scary in terms of human faces and human voices. When the technology tries to reproduce human beings, we'll just extend that skill a little further. And you said, really good, but it's fake. You know, it's fake. Yeah. You know, and we'll just extend our awareness of fake. As far as they push the technology, we'll extend our abilities. Oh, no, no, it's fake. I can tell it's fake. It's good. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. You know, there are some people who are kind of robotic. You know, I mean, in their real life, they're kind of robotic. Usually, there are people I don't like. And there are usually people who are trying to pull something over on me, you know. And I said, you know, the version five, this person's a version five. They're better than the fours, but it's still not there. You know, it's kind of like data, you know, doesn't get a joke. Can't tell a joke. <laughs> this guy needs an upgrade. Yeah. All right. Number two, moving along, two of four. You have to be highly curious about how the change could be utilized. Yeah. Yeah. You not only have to respond to it, you have to look for it. So alert means that when change happens, you spot it quickly. Curious means that you're so good at, you know, actually utilizing change that you start looking for it. You start looking for places. Where could the changes be happening? And you say, hmm, that's really good. This is neat. And, you know, there's been a lot of innovations for marketing and delivery during the COVID period. And you'll spot and say, that's kind of a neat thing. That's kind of neat what they're doing. I don't know if it'll last. So you're always looking for the thing that really represents a valuable change for yourself. In other words, this can be useful to me if 
I adjust it. But then the other thing is you can extend it. You know, if I could provide some way for other people to take advantage of this change, then you're into entrepreneur land. First one is just being alert and curious for yourself. I mean, we all do that. But then it's being alert and curious for other people and making it easier for them to take yeah. to take value in some new thing that's happening. And almost like weaponizing that curiosity and and where we are right now, you know, you have an idea for a way to provide value to the clients yeah. as an entrepreneur. You don't know if it's going to work. You don't know if they're freaking out, but you got to pick it up and swing that ax at the tree and see if it falls because you don't really have many other options right now. Everyone's sort of in these unprecedented, it's such a cliche, like we're in unprecedented times, but it's true. No one really knows what's going to work, but if you're curious and you want to give it a shot, you don't really have much to lose, right? Yeah, and it's really interesting. I've noticed it in my clients because we had to go virtual immediately, not just with new programs, but with our existing program. It took us about two months to get everything, you know, tested out and put the teamwork around it and everything like that. And now we're almost to the end of two full quarters. And I can see just looking at a Zoom page because it's on Zoom, you know, and I have 24 boxes with faces in them. In some cases, I have two or three pages, and I've gotten very good at going wandering on the other pages. And somebody's on the last page, and I'll say, Jack, Jack, what do you think about what we're talking about here? And Jack said, geez, I was hiding on the third page, and he found me. But I noticed that six months in or seven months in, there's some people saying, well, I'll use this, but when it's possible to be in person, I'm going back to all in person. I don't like this. The people who don't like Zoom aren't good on Zoom. They're not taking advantage of the new cap. This is an amazing capability. I had to wait 75 years for this capability. And it's not the capability of the technology. It's the capability that there was somebody on the other end. And now the whole world's on the other end. I said, well, yeah. And so I'm just thriving in this medium. But there's this notion of, on some people's minds, that this is unnatural and it's just going to pass. And we're going to get to go back to the way things were. And I said, the first people have electricity, did they think it was a passing thing that they'd go back to you no know, electricity or telephones? Stripping candles all over everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, come on. You know. More scraping wax off the kitchen floor, just flick a switch. Yeah. Come on. So my sense is that there's all sorts of charts and studies on who adapts first and who adapts next and who adapts, you know, there's a market adaptation thing, but you can really see it. In this case, this is like a global class who gets across the change line the fastest. You know, and I feel we've done really a great job as a company, mm -hmm. but my clients are also great at doing it. I mean, we're only good at it because of the company, because we have clients who adapted real fast, not only in how they communicate with us, but how they communicate with all their clients and, you know, their teams. Mm -hmm. So the third of four, you have to be readily responsive when new situations present themselves. And I have some great examples to share how some companies have yeah. been readily responsive. But Dan, if you just want to sort of elaborate. Well, I'll just say what the principle, you know, if you take alert, you notice it, curious, you notice it right now because it happened, but now you're almost kind of like pushing into the future mm -hmm. and you're curious about, you know, what's going to require alertness six months from now, what's going to require alertness a year from now, and you get used to it. It's like a muscle. It's just a muscle that you develop. But 
this is still you in your head. This is still you that you take action. You use this new change to take action to get results. That's what responsiveness is. When I think of the word responsive, it just reminds me immediately of this sort of a no-code revolution that's going on right now. So, you know, I'll tell you a story. When I, back in the radio days, I thought, you know, it'd be pretty handy to have my portfolio online, my broadcast stuff, my audio production stuff, just to have a landing page online. So I approached a friend of mine who did that kind of stuff. I'm not a developer myself. I did an intro course into HTML and CSS. And the entire time I sat down and I started coding, I can't tell you how quickly, sit down and start trying to learn HTML. And there was a voice in my brain that started saying, hey, Gord, why don't you go do something else? Why don't you go do something else? Well, not only that, you immediately <laughs> went to who, not how. <laughs> exactly. So I thought, yeah, maybe I'll fiddle around with coding here. But yeah, I will never be a coder. I'm going to say it out loud right now. I'll tell the whole world. I just cannot. My brain would just say, go do something else. Go do something. What should I do, brain? Anything. <laughs> I just can't do it. So I approached my friend. And again, this is probably a decade ago. And I knew I was getting a good price because we were you know, close personal friends. He said, I think we can probably get that online for you. Like, does 9,000 sound? And I said, oh, my gosh. I said, I don't know if that's in my budget right now. Now, okay, here we are, 2020, the no-code revolution. It's so easy to get a presence online. And these companies are being so responsive to what people need. So you have companies like Shopify. And within a day or two, you can have an e-commerce store that handles currency changes. So people are buying your things in Switzerland. It will convert to US or Canadian currency. Once you weigh the products you're selling, they will calculate shipping for you because they know that these are things that will trip people up. So they've really thought of everything as a one-stop shop. Then you have other companies like Card, C-A-R-R-D. It's a SaaS, and it allows you to put a website up quite literally in about two hours. You can get a simple one-page website for your portfolio. So the very thing that I was looking for that my friend said, I want to get this up for you, but I don't think we can do it for less than nine grand or I'm losing money, I can do now in two hours. And by the way, it's free. If you want to put your own URL on there, yeah. I think it's like 12 bucks a year or 20 bucks a year. And then there's other places like, you know, Squarespace. And now there's even, if you've ever thought about building an app, Appy Pie and BuildFire, no coding options. If you want to build an app for your business for an Android or an iPhone, you don't need an extreme level of technological know-how. You don't need to know all those coding languages. It's a simple drag and drop. And now it's just making things available to anyone. If you're a complete Luddite, I mean, if they just unfroze you from a glacier, you probably will have a little bit of trouble. But I think most people with a rudimentary degree of technological knowledge can use these pieces of software. And the software is now responsive to what we want. Mm -hmm. And you can use those to have that presence online and you really don't need to spend gobs of money or to spend gobs of time to do that. And I just think it's a wild, wild time to be alive yeah. right now and to be putting out Well, things. it's that teamwork, the technology. You used to take a team, now it's technology. Okay. And the thing is that at the same time as new technologies are taking over for teamwork, there are new aspirations and needs that people are having. That teamwork is now freed up to be alert, curious, and responsive. What are people going to be needing right now? And it can't be put to software right now because nobody knows how it actually works and how customers are going to respond. So humans are the best means of exploring new possibilities of new capabilities because you can talk it through it. You can correct on the spot and everything else. But there will be a point where the teamwork is so refined 
And it's so predictable that let's turn it into technology. And it's interesting that this allows people to focus so much more on the human element and the humans can Mm -hmm. join forces and decide the vision for the business and where it's going because we are not at the point yet where you can outsource that to any piece of software because these are human decisions. So how amazing is it that you can sit down with your team and create that vision and carve that vision for where you want to go and you're not bogged down and spend too much time fiddling around and farting around with the technology that's handling itself. So, you know, you deal with the people while the technology handles itself. The big thing that the humans have that machines never will be is that we get bored. And boredom leads to creativity. Creativity. Yeah, boredom is the number one prior state before you become creative. Oh, geez, I don't want to do this again. It was like you trying to master coding. Well, (laughs) your brain didn't take long to get bored. (laughs) I told my wife, I said, I'd rather shave my chest with a butter knife than sit down in front of any screen that forces me to code. I just can't do it. My brain. And I realized like, okay. Yeah, well, a machine could do it for a thousand years and not get bored, but (laughs) nothing new would get created. (laughs) I will buy that machine and I will put it to work. Yeah, and it's the one thing that the people are protecting, you know, artificial intelligence. And I said, yeah, but you can't build boredom into an artificial intelligence machine. You just can't build it in. Because the whole reason for a computer is that it's dependable It's predictable. It's reliable. That's the only reason why computers are valuable is they do the same thing every time. And we don't. Mm -hmm. Fourth and final, as we wrap it up here, Dan, you have to be very resourceful about how you keep making progress. So we combine all of these capabilities into resourcefulness. You already have a lot going for you. In other words, you have prior experience, you have prior skills, you have prior knowledge. And you know people, you have networks of people, so that when it comes to the response stage, that was number three, and you're going to take action, and we can test this out, but aside from assigning it as a goal and visualizing the goal and stating the goal, is there resources in terms of other people's skills? Are there software programs? We don't have to create it from scratch. They're already available. We just have to apply them in a new way. And that's resourcefulness. And so my sense is that a really good person who deals well with change is playing the best hand at any time with the cards that he or she has available. I always say, win with the cards you have. Don't spend wishing that you had another hand. You know, just take a look at your hand and that you might get out of the game right away. You might go along with the game for this far or you might win the game. But I mean, people say, boy, you adapted to Zoom faster than any company we know. And I said, no incentive, like no alternative. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One final note about resourcefulness, Dan. I remember we were talking a little while back and, you know, a lot of people in the technological space love making predictions and it's fun to do it. It's fun to spitball. And you said, you know, if you're going to make a prediction that flying cars are going to take over the world in 10 years, I hope you have a company that makes flying cars (laughs) because otherwise you're not being resourceful. You're just regurgitating something you may have read on the internet. And I think one of the things that so many of our entrepreneurs in the strategic coach program and strategic coach itself is, you know, skin in the game and the resourcefulness that we are explaining and preaching and sharing with others is that, there is a foundational material to back up that which we're talking about. And I think that's one of the reasons why the strategic coach is really thriving in this climate 
of rapid change. Yeah, and I think the last thing, uh, the skin in the game is absolutely crucial, but test on check writers. You know, I have this concept of testing on check writers. I got a great idea. I think it'll change the world. Let me go out to one check writer and said, hey, I got this idea and I do it on the back of a napkin. We just created the solution for you. How much would that be worth? You know, and there's 5,000. I said, okay, thanks. And I go back and I make the change that I come back and I said, I'm almost here. Would you be willing to be a development partner with me for $5,000? And they said, sure, sure. Be interesting. Good. I got a check. So the big thing is the only difference between a bad idea and a good idea is a consumer's check. So the most powerful and disruptive force in the world is not technology. The most powerful and disruptive force in the world is an unpredictable consumer with a new capability. Okay. There's nobody in February in the world who predicted where Zoom would be in November. Mm -hmm. It was just unpredictable consumers with a new capability. Yeah. It's not their technology that created 400 million users. It was 400 million users who <laughs> created <laughs> who created the technology, if you want to put it that way. And they had the resources to do it, and it wasn't brave. And they were all ready for it. They were totally ready for it, you know. But the world hadn't changed sufficiently for them to get anybody's attention. It all happened in a week. <laughs> and everybody looks back and wish they'd put 50 grand into Zoom in February. Those are other fun things to think about, but, yeah. you know, can't yeah. change that. Well, just get more alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful, and you'll find your own Zooms in the future. Podcast Payoffs is just one part of the Strategic Podcast Network. And if you want to check out any of the other shows we have available, Strategic Podcasts with an S, strategicpodcasts.com. Our shows are by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs, and a lot of really, really enlightening, interesting, and valuable information on our network from Dan and his partners and Shannon Waller as well. We thank you so much for joining us today. Dan, any final thoughts as we wrap? I think, you know, just talking for you and me and the other coach team that I am far, far more excited about the next year in November than I was in February. As am I. Thanks so much for joining us on Podcast Payoffs today. If you like the show, please tell one person that would help us out a lot or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and uh, hope to see you again soon. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Gordon.